Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We appreciate you being with us. And as always, you can get this on the DA Show podcast feed or the Permission Granted podcast feed. Also, it's inside the Odyssey app as well. I believe there was some questions about what podcasts live where, but I think it is inside the Odyssey app as well, the new free Odyssey app, or at least the free Odyssey app. Anyway, that's where you can find this PGP, and we found out today that Mraz was just about to sigh relief. And then somehow more pressure was shoveled onto his shoulders. You see, last summer, we entailed Aiden the intern to book The Sounds of Saturday. This was his year-end project where he booked every day a different play-by-play voice from college football teams around the country to help us preview college football season. Well, this year, without Aiden, who is no longer our intern, the responsibility fell to Mraz. Now, Mraz has accomplished the goal. Tomorrow, Scott Howard. Thursday, the voice of the Georgia Bulldogs will finish off our 25 different voices around college football. And he was about to go, ah, thank goodness I achieved it. I matched Aiden. This is good. And then, because we're a victim of our own success here, we were written up by a, a website that voted us a sports media industry website voted us as one of the three best nationally syndicated sports shows to talk college football. The Paul Feinbaum show was on that list, and Feinbaum, I think, is on the SEC network radio-wise. So, is that... Or is, well, I think it's simulcast TV-wise on SEC network, is it not? Oh, right. He's not even on ESPN radio, right? Well, it's probably on the SEC. It's some other radio company that some ESPN affiliates pick up, but not directly ESPN radio, but on SEC network, operated by ESPN on TV. His show is almost 100% college sports all the time. He is known as, you know, he's based in Alabama, so or maybe Charlotte now. But anyway, he's talked college football for, you know, decades, so... Good company. Colin Cowherd was on that list as well. Colin talks a lot of college football, and then we were on that list. And so you might think, man, congratulations. Nice job, DA show that you guys get recognized, especially for Sounds of Saturday. However, the write-up said if you ever want to go for any college football coaches as being interviewed, go to the DA show. And now Mraz feels this weight of pressure because after he just completed Sounds of Saturday with the broadcasters, now he's like, oh, crap, I've got to book a ton of coaches now. Yeah, and yeah, i got to be honest with you. So we peel back the curtain on the PGP. I have felt really solid about my juggling of different expectations, both throughout this show and the company in general. And like a hitter on a hit streak, I feel like I've just been seeing the ball really well for a couple months now. I just, 
not to pat myself on the back, but I feel like everything has been organized really well. I, I, I'm having ideas. We're in a good groove with, with in-studio guests and, and stuff that have gone with it. And then when I see this write-up, and I know from what has happened with college coaches, we were on the ball and having so many when we were in our former time slot, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. And not to say that we've completely eliminated having them on, but I have found it more difficult now. <laughs> You know, we have other ways of figuring out how to get the coaches on. But the idea that now more eyeballs will be on us. Oh, that's the show to go to for coaches. It, it It's 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 unbelievable. It's just that that's the best way I can describe it. Not that I won't do the work and won't put in the effort. But, <laughs> you know, it just feels like unnecessary pressure. And not internally from around here, from the outside. Well, it is a reflection of the great job that you did when we were on Middays. Because clearly that became our reputation, having all these great coaches on. But this has been my philosophy in life, and it rears its ugly head again. Shoot to be mediocre. Because (laughs) then nobody's going to have high expectations, and you'll do just enough not to be turned away. And now, you know, shooting to be great, here I am. Maybe there's a way for us to corner the market on NIL deals, where these players are getting NIL deals right and left, and maybe... Who's ever sponsoring them wants them to do a radio hit to help out promote their NIL deals. And maybe we pivot from being the show with a ton of college football coaches that the reason is that it's tougher to get them into this time slot is because they're all doing morning meetings and watching film all morning. And then that lunch time slot that we used to have, which was nine to noon Eastern time, there was usually a little interview window. Yes. And that's how we used to get so many of them. And so maybe there's you know, a way to go from college football coach Haven to college player coach Haven. I love the idea. Absolutely love the idea, and I think it will work. And this has nothing to do with not making it work, but there is a funny anecdote to that. Okay. When this exploded last year, we actually did get a couple players through agencies that were hired not to rep them in the draft, but to they were allowed to hire them to rep them with NIL deals. And there was a certain player that we had on – I'm forgetting the player, but I think he was like went to Central Florida. I'm forgetting who it was. And within two days, I received an email from like the SID at that school who we had dealt with with a coach earlier at some point wanting to know how I got them on without going through them. Oh, boy. And then I had to, I guess, be the snitch and be, well, they have this. I'm not trying to get them kicked out of school. I don't really know how you guys are handling <laughs> these NIL deals, but this is how I was pitched to it. And my response back was, oh, we're going to have a talking with them. Oh, jeez. So this could be just that school, but I just found it to be a funny... Maybe we won't go down that road then. We found that to be a funny anecdote. And the whole time I'm thinking, and I made sure, I'm like, I don't want you to think this is a reflection. I'm going behind your back on the SID. I was pitched this. But that could be just that school, and maybe we're more accepting a year later. But that was a little funny thing that happened Uh producing-wise last year. Now it's going to drive me nuts. I'm going to have to go through my emails and find who that was. Well, so there you go. We get voted as one of the best nationally syndicated sports radio shows in America for college football. And immediately, Mraz is like, oh, crap, I've got to book more college football now. More eyeballs. More eyeballs. We'll do it, though. We'll be fine. Number two, we've got to analyze Pat Boyle's Tuesday morning. We have to. I mean, it. it this was an all-timer. As you might imagine, we all really like Pat around here. Pat has done this job and ascended to where he is as well as anybody could have done it. He was a little brash at first before we knew him, but he knew that was the way to get attention. Once he actually had his foot in the door and had chances to grow, he did all the work. He put his head down. He wasn't looking for attention or pats on the back. He quietly went about his business, and when he did get a shot, he took advantage of it. You could throw to him. He said something funny or smart, or interesting. He brought energy and opinion. When we gave him Canadian bacon, he knocked it out of the park. You know, he he did PGP. He always deferred to the people that were older than him. He gave you a ton of credit. So he had just, he had navigated these waters perfectly, perfectly. And you could trust him in any spot. You could trust him doing Canadian bacon, trust him as a producer, trust him as a board op, trust him even as a host. He's hosting now. You know, co-host. He came the backup to the backups. Yeah, he he nailed it. And Tuesday morning, he's filling in for Pete the Body, who has this really bizarre schedule this week where he's got two vacation days Monday, Tuesday, two vacation days Thursday, Friday, 
but came into work today, Wednesday. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I, I could have used them off on Wednesday, too. <laughs> so Pat was in Monday, Tuesday. And on Tuesday's show, it was a it was a cavalcade of mistakes. First up, you're in relatively early. Pete might get in a little after you. Yeah. Okay. That's fair to say. But usually there's a half hour or so of the board up being here before we go live on the air. Right. Yeah. As me and Bogus alluded to on last week's PGP, we come in waving the DA show flag for everybody in the morning. We've planted the flag. We're here. Yeah. Right. And I'm in here. You're in here Tuesday morning. We had uh, Bogus was in here. Right. And at 559. Pat shows up. It was 53. Was it 53? 53. Oh, okay. It was enough that Amy's show still had 90 seconds left. Okay. Yes. And there are, as I will tell you, certain responsibilities that get chopped up pre-show. Pete may have to do a little something. I got to do something. Whether it's gathering sound, getting reads together, sound check has to be put together. There's a divvy up. It's like drawing straws. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And when you start looking at the clock and realizing somebody's not here by about 20 minutes until showtime, it then becomes whoever, you know, me in that case, you better make sure everything's ready, worst case scenario, because you can't just assume they're going to be here. Right. So Pat comes in at 5.53, and uh, I can see you're a little perturbed already. Well, because we're not starting this the right way. The day before, on Monday, Pat was excellent all show long, but showed up at 5.47. So this was even later. He showed up five minutes later. He beat you in the door by like a minute and 30 seconds on Monday, <laughs> but enough that you wouldn't have noticed, but I noticed. And again, I was doing a lot of that pre-show work by myself. Okay. So he's already late on Monday, but he was good. Tuesday, he's even later, and it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. So we get into the show, and there is four to five significant mistakes. Correct. One of which is... I go out to get my water in the break room. He's in there making a coffee. And I say, hey, it looks like he had a good dinner the other night. He had posted on social media a sushi dinner with his friends or his family, rather. And we start talking about it. And I've got one foot out of the break room because I'm like, uh, my internal clock tells me I got to be back right now. And he's still just mixing that coffee, yeah. walking around, talking to me. I'm like, I got to go, Pat. And he's in charge of pressing the button that fires the sound that signals you're back. So I go back into the studio, I sit down, I've got my water, I've got my notes in front of me, computer is open, and you start scrambling. Uh, it's 6.59 or 7.59, I forget what top of the hour it was, 30, 40, 50, right. 52, 53, 54, 55, and you're like, what do I hit? What do I press? And we've got this video that that Cap put out, of I course. I hate this video. And you are Looking around like, what do I do in panic? And there's no pat, and you don't know what to press. And then you press a button, and it's the wrong open. It's the old top of the hour open. Pat swoops in right after that and quickly presses the other one and then fades the pot down of the old open. We take you to the outer reaches of... We're going to get to Pat's other mistakes, but I'm glad you you described that video well because I want this on the record now because okay. it's on social media. got a lot of likes, and you tweeted out the video and others tweeted out the video. Cap started it. I didn't even know we had the video. I've done a lot of silly things on camera, clearly. You know, tongue through a donut, everything, hearty, har, har, good laughs, and sometimes I'm in on the bit. I hated the way I was portrayed in this video. <laughs> hated it. Couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand that I had others who work here kind of making fun of me about it. Oh, look what happened when you had to press a button. That is not the case, okay? And Pete the Body had some gall on him and nerve on him on Wednesday to come in and go, you know, maybe I'll just show you where everything. No, 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 no. When Pete wasn't here because he had to leave, I seamlessly operated the show from a technological standpoint for a final hour and a half. I now know what I'm doing. The problem was... Pat had a couple different random folders up that weren't our folder. So I had to click through to find our folder. And for some reason, Pete the Body still labels our 7 a.m. open as 7 a.m. open. Or we had an old one, I should say. And that's labeled as 
Get this, 7 a.m. open. So why wouldn't I think that that's what had to be pressed? <laughs> so I was looking up. I was trying to see what does Pat have up, and I found it. And I found it in enough time, and the right button was pressed at the right time. Only, that wasn't the right open to play. So number one, Pete, get lost with your labeling. If that's not the 7 a.m. open, it shouldn't be up there. Number two, if I had time to comb through and see there was a second 7 a.m. open, which I didn't because I assumed Pat was going to be there. But how everybody saw that video out of context was, I had no idea what I was doing. Bull bleep. Bullshed. Bullshed. <laughs> Bullshed. So that was not on you. Pat finally comes into the last second. And then he says it's because he was making coffee and the coffee maker was running too slow, et cetera, which might be a percentage of the reason, but it doesn't matter. I don't know. Obviously, you didn't pick up on this. But today, I went out to the break room and I've complained before about how low the water pressure is these days. We have construction going on in the building. They say they turn down the water pressure if we believe them. Who knows? But I could only fill up my water for about a quarter of it before I knew I got to be back in the studio and I got to go back out the next break to fill it up a little bit more. But I knew knew that I can't futz around filling up the water. Right. I've got to be in there. So Pat blaming how long it takes to make a coffee. It doesn't matter, Pat. You've got to be in there and then come right. back the next Don't break. Don't be shaking the sugar packets. And much like a quarterback who starts with one turnover. And next thing you know, you'll get the end of the box where he's like, wow, four turnovers. The problem there was this all started with Pat showing up with five minutes to spare on the show. If he was there 25 minutes earlier, plenty of time to get the work done, extra time to have your coffee ready pre-show, which is what Pete the Body does with his stupid tea he drinks every day. And and Pat admitted this, that not having the coffee early and waking up early put him behind the eight ball. He was not, he was not ready. We had a live read going out to break one oh. of those breaks. That's the sleep number read. And what ends up happening is we go to break, and then either Pete or Pat, who's ever under the board, starts playing bed music, and that signals me to start the, sl- the sleep number live read. We go to break, and Pat doesn't realize it's the sleep number break. So we go to full silence. There's two seconds that go... When we come back, our trash is DA, CBS Sports Radio. All right, guys, it's the fall. And then he starts the music. Even before that, he's like, I think you might say sleep number. And so in my ear, I'm wow. like, oh, that's here. And I start talking, and we are two seconds late on a very choppy sleep number live read. If I had the old 22 coverage of the DA show, this would be the mistake or turnover I would have the most difficult time uh, discussing because there were some positives here, okay? okay? And what I mean by that is, for those who don't know, and we've alluded to this, when DA does one of these sleep number breaks, our actual commercial break is shortened because that counts as a minute towards it. And oftentimes, this has happened in the past where a guy will forget that DA has the read and then just hit the break button and all of our affiliates start playing their commercials, and then it becomes scramble mode. Do we do the sleep number coming out? Do we make it up at another time? Pat luckily realized with enough time to spare, don't fire that button DA as a sleep number. The problem was he didn't have the bed ready <laughs> because, again, he's got a million things open there instead of the focus being on the DA folder. So he knew not to press it. He knew you had the sleep number but froze on where the live bed was of music to play. That was the mistake. I struggle with this because it's a bad mistake, but I've seen it be much worse with other people. So a mistake can't happen, but that could have been really a problem where the company would have noticed. So there are two to three notable mistakes that Pat has made. And it's a Trash Tuesday, and I I just noticed this from Pat. Pat was kind of looking at me almost like chin, hand under the chin, just kneeling, watching. And I thought to myself, and I said this on the air, today Pat's a spectator. He's just an audience member. Yeah. He was just a D-alien. He was just listening and kind of laughing. And sometimes we get that with new guys in here. Sometimes they just like to listen to the show. Right. And they don't pay attention to their job, and then they're slow on the trigger. Pat was in that mode yesterday. He had come in late. He didn't have his coffee. And then was just like kind of watching the show instead of being a member that has to run the show. And was going to be going, he admitted, going to the U.S. Open at night, so he had a long day ahead of him. Yeah, and so he was just distracted. He just wasn't there. He just he was not all there present. Whew. And it is such a mess. And this is where I give Pat credit. He goes, I got to buy you guys breakfast. 
And he said to us, I've been so bad today, I'm buying breakfast. Now, a lot of guys make mistakes and then they hide or they make excuses or whatever. Not Pat. He owned it. Or offer fake help on something they know is taken care of. He owned it, and then he said, "I let me just buy you breakfast. And that, cop into that, was what I needed to see to trust him the next time. I agree. Because if you make a million mistakes and you've been great in the past, which he has, you can have a bad day. He just, that was a really bad day. But if you don't acknowledge the bad day, now I'm worried that you don't know how bad it was and it could happen again. The moment you go, I've had a terrible day, I'm going to own it, let me buy you breakfast, which is a very good sign of I know right. I owe you guys because I let you down. It's water under the bridge. That's fine. And an even better sign for Pat that we accepted the breakfast because I know I've been offered <laughs> breakfast by other people in the past. Is that right? Uh, where it, either I'll feel bad for them in a way that, like, I know that you're, like, a little lower in the total pole. You shouldn't be offering to buy me breakfast. Or I'm just so frustrated I don't even want to feel like I owe you anything yeah. for buying breakfast. But after two straight days of doing Pat's pre-show work and sitting through that garbage, you know what? Give me my egg sandwich. <laughs> it had never been done before, and it's a really good learning lesson for all of our people that come in, and they might struggle. If you have a bad day, just cop to it and say, like, let me buy you guys breakfast because I owe you one. And it's going to be, again, water under the bridge. But if you hide, you rationalize, you excuse your, you make excuses, it ain't going to work. Now, and there is more to the story, DA, that I think needs to be said. A, a chapter you're not oh, privy no. to. Oh, no. Well, well, let me also add on this because this, is, this starts the next chapter. It should also be said that in the middle of this crazy day, we have two Bellator fighters in the Can't Stop Cursing, where <sighs> if yeah. Pete the Body is the one in charge, frankly, we might have gone to commercial break and not finished the interview. So Pat's almost like laissez nature if that's the way you want to call it, helped on this day specifically. That being said, I wake up, do the old start of the car, and, oh, rub the eyes, start my drive-in. And I don't Wednesday know Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. The day after the Pat day. Correct. And I don't know how you are in your drive-ins. We are up. It's pitch black. You know, there's not, you're usually cruising. There's nobody on the road. I like to be in my own mood. I'll, I'll flip through some sports stations. Is there anything I miss? CBS Sports Radio, some local stuff, whatever. I get the call. And the call is what I cringe, and this person is notorious for this once a week, up on the Bluetooth screen of my car, Bilotti, comma, Pete. And I do one of these. Oh. <laughs> and there's Pete. Hey, pal, what's going on? Last time he called, it was pay for my gas. <laughs> this time, this time it's Pete the body. And he said, so, what was going on yesterday with Pat? I don't know who's tipped him off to it. I don't know if he's spoken to Bogish. And I kind of get the point. He, I kind of get the feel from talking to him early. He really means the Bellator fighters and like the curses going off because he saw the video. And I kind of give him a little background and I hang up the phone. No, no big deal. I show up and Pete shows up today, arms on the side. You know, I'm going to have to have a talk with Pat. I, I'm going to have to have a talk with Pat. This isn't right. He starts listing things and Pete goes into boss mode. And then I'm just thinking to myself, you know what, Pete? I don't want you ruining this with Pat. We handled it with Pat. We had breakfast, but I talked to him. I don't need you telling Pat knows he screwed up. You, there's no reason for you. Then it's going to feel like I'm talking behind Pat's back. <laughs> don't do that. No, we need to reprimand like, or punish. Right. He's like, well, I'm in charge of scheduling these guys. you know. And if you, if you want to host, you want to do that, you better you better not belittle the little jobs. And if you want shifts, and I'm going to give you the shifts, and yeah, I'm going to give you the shifts, I'm going to talk to him. I'm like, come on, man. So my hope now in telling you this is that Pat Boyle hears this PGP if Peep the body does talk to him and is aware, Pat, I had nothing to do with this. You know, that's amazing. Because the Bellator thing is an interesting example, too, of how I would treat different board ops. We had two Bellator fighters in. They hate one another. They were trash talking. That was, they clearly don't like one another. Maybe they were putting on a show as well. Probably a little bit of both. But they did curse, and we had told them beforehand, don't curse. The PR guy said, don't curse. I told them off-air, guys, say whatever you want, but you can't curse. They cursed anyway. And I knew if this was Pete, he would have flipped out, hit the drop, drop button once on one, the dump button, rather, on one. And then everything after that, he would have been like, if they say another thing, they're getting, they're getting knocked off the air. Yeah. And I let them go because it was really good radio, knowing that Pat behind there is going to be the last board op that gets rattled from it. 
Yeah. Now, it could have been on me because I could have stepped in and said, hey, guys, 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 you, you back off the, the, the cursing. And that would have reminded them. But I just wanted to see if they if it was once or twice they did it because they were just in the heat of the moment right. or if they were really like not thinking about it. And then they backed off of it. So I knew I could kind of not have yeah. to interject too much, but only because oh. I knew Pat wouldn't freak out. And he didn't, and I give Pat a lot of credit. We got extremely lucky in a way because we are allowed three separate presses of a dump button before basically whoever would be you in that spot would have to basically talk for two minutes to allow our delay to catch up. They dropped two Fs and a B. (laughs) And luckily, we were out of dumps at that point. The next time we heard a curse was, you know, two and a half minutes later, things had caught up. So we were extremely lucky that they'd stop there. They didn't know we had three and go, so we were lucky. In talking with Pete on Wednesday, I mentioned to Pete, I said everything was under control. Actually, nothing ended up on the air, just on the stream, which doesn't have a dump. And Pete made the following statement. After the second one, their mics would have been shut off, and I would have gotten DAs here that I'm hitting a commercial break, and I would have removed them from the studio. And I looked at him, and I said, (laughs) no, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have, because number one, it was a great interview, and I would have had you put the mics back on. Number two, we're talking about MMA fighters cursing at each other. You're going to walk in there and remove them from the studio? How do you think that's going to happen? How do you think that's going to work? You want to get in the middle of that? It is all talk and no walk. Give me a break. You're going to go remove them from the studio. We said after that show, we're like, my God, we've aged three lifetimes after this show because there was the Pat stuff. There was the Bellator fighting in the middle of it. There was breakfast by the end of it. It just, we had three different guest spots, which we never had. Yeah, back to back. Back to back at 9.20 and 9.30 right. to end the show. It was a blur. Tuesday show was a total blur. So that was very funny. In the middle of Tuesday's show is when me and Bogish got into it. Oh, that's right. Tuesday's show had everything. Forgot about that. Awkward, awkward too. It was like a cat chasing its tail. So Tuesday's show, we're in the middle of an update. I think it's the 8.20 update, 8.30 update. And all times Eastern. And Bogish mentions Judge's 50th home run. And I, this was an honest-to-goodness reaction. I thought to myself, man, I remember when Matt Williams in 94 was on pace for 50 by September 1st or something like this. I think Andre Dawson in 87 was on a crazy pace. I had read about Reggie Jackson having like 40 by the All-Star right. break one time in the 70s. And I just always remember, like, if a guy is really chasing it in August, those become enormous events. I can very specifically remember in 1990 or 1991, I was in sixth grade, Cecil Fielder hit two on the final day of the season to go for for 50 and 51. And it was an enormous story. All the kids were talking about it the next day in school. It was all over Sports Center. It was in you USA Today. Cecil hit 50 and 51. Yeah, and, and that was the last day of the season. 50 had become this kind of, like, grand. I mean, Strawberry had won the home run crown with 39 one year. It wasn't, you know, 50 was still really difficult to attain. So I just paused in a moment of Bogus is the same age as me. He's also a baseball nostalgia guy like me. We both grew up with baseball as, like, the centerpiece of our youth. And I just thought I would toss to him and go, man, you know, there was a time when we were young where if – a guy hit 50 by August 30th, we would have been going nuts. And Bogues take, I honestly thought it was a throwaway line and he would go, yeah, you're right. Like back in the day, this would be huge. And Bogues in his incredible defense mechanism of baseball flips into, well, what else do you want baseball to do? What it's not baseball's fault. What well maybe people will go crazy later on in the in this season. Well, I mean, it's not seven, it's not sixty-one anymore. It's seventy-three. And I'm like, well, all I thought right. was you were gonna agree with me and we were gonna move on in the middle of an update. <laughs> there was a time this would be an enormous national story. Yeah. If I mean, a guy hit fifty in August. Well I mean let's again it was I think it was the first thing on Sports Center this morning. Well, actually, Serena was, okay, and then it was I mean, Judge. But like, well, let's, let's let's see what happens when he gets to fifty-eight, fifty-nine. What's going to be bigger buzz but, in three weeks from now? Pujols seven hundred or Judge sixty-two? Good question. 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's a really good question. The answer is whatever the Monday night football game is. Yeah, I mean, that, that's <laughs> the point. I mean, it feels like I was looking for an agreement from Bogues. I'm getting the opposite. <laughs> there, there was a moment in time where this would be the national sports story 30 years ago. Right. And, and it's just not. And it might have led SportsCenter, but let's face it, in September, because of the steroid era that knocked everything for a loop, Whatever judge does is never going to top whatever happens on Sundays in the NFL. Well, if he was some, if somebody could manage to hit seventy four, then yes. But okay. And you do say at one point, "This is not how I thought this was going." It was a quick throwaway. <laughs> yeah, can you believe that, Da? Yeah, he, he, Bogus has an. And look, I shouldn't talk. I, I care about stuff that nobody needs to care about. He flips so weird on baseball specifically. Well, not doing a good enough yeah. job is where he immediately goes into defense mode. Which, I don't know how you can defend it. They don't do a good enough job. I wasn't even criticizing baseball. I was just saying, no, nope, right. historically, how different this is. And when his excuse is, well, of course, people care about football. But that's the point. The point is, we used to prioritize baseball. And it's amazing to look back and realize how a crazy thing like this would be the number one story. It just isn't. But he didn't even admit that people care about football now. He said, well, let's see what happens in late September. And I'm like, no one's going to care like they used to. If they don't care now, they're right. not going to care then. And I wish I had remembered this in real time, but I was so frustrated by the argument back and forth. Bogus actually drove me nuts during it. I was at, in 1998, McGuire's 50th and 51st. It happened at Shea Stadium versus the Mets. Doubleheader. There was a doubleheader. I was there. And I remember, like, that day, waking up in the morning before that was all the talk, even in New York locally. It was not about what the Mets were doing. The Yankees were on this crazy pace. It was the home run chase of McGuire and Sosa, and that was for 50 and 51. We weren't waiting for Maris at 61 to get into it. We were into it then, and it was leading all the newspapers at that time when he approached 50. So you can't say that that wouldn't be the case with Judge. Yeah, and he's like, well, let's see if people care, and let's see. and Well, they can't care as much because anyway, the record's 73, and if people were going for 74, 75, and I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't mean for this to be some type of judgment on baseball. It's just an observation. And then at one point I say to Bogues, you hear me, but you're not listening to me because I felt like it became a moment where he was not arguing against anything I was saying. Right. It was like I would say something, and then he would argue a different point. And I was like, but that's not what I said at all. And so I think we just found what happens when you and I sometimes bring up criticisms about baseball and Bogue seems to fly off the handle. It's just that this is his trigger. Yeah. He just can't think clearly when it becomes criticism of baseball. I need to lean on that more as the playoffs go <laughs> because I really get him going with the tennis stuff, but the baseball is really where he flies off the handle. <laughs> and it's amazing because he's usually so level-headed about everything. Yeah, it just drives him nuts. And he, then he makes like weird comments like, yeah, you care about the spring football fourth line? But this happened last year's All-Star game. Remember, oh. I led with, I didn't know anybody in the All-Star game last year. The second baseman for the Pirates that ended up getting traded to the Padres later on. I right. Was like I, As soon as the second inning came around, I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. They've taken out the five starters I've heard of. Now, granted, well, it's your fault you don't know any of the guys. And Right, and I said, how can the average fan watch the All-Star game and not know any of them. Isn't that the point of the All-Star game, to market these guys that you don't see all the time? It was all of that. And then I was like, well, what about kids? He's like, well, my my son's watching baseball. He knows this, that, and the other thing. He's playing the show. He's trading baseball cards. And I'm like, okay, all right. But, like, there's data to support my right. argument here that it's faltering with a younger generation. And here is a good piece of evidence. It's the All-Star game, and nobody's playing in it. Right. And be. Forget What's baseball still by five All-Star games? You got the All-Star game. This is when you market those guys. That's how you find out about those guys is watching the All-Star game. And there's certainly a point to everything that Bogus says, but it was just, it's so funny because if I could, what are the three most passionate things Bogus has argued about? Number one, baseball's All-Star game, lay off it. Number two, baseball's home run chase, lay off it. Number three, this woman should not be having a love affair with a monkey. <laughs> Right, messing her, messing up the monkey mentally. Oh, and and we played that back in the epic field. I've never been more right in an argument in my life. I still will say to this day. Oh man, well we're almost here. No Friday days left. One more, 
And then uh, bingo, yeah. bango. We're done with vacation time, and it's full steam ahead, all football. And I'm sharing one with you on Friday. So the me and Bogues era is done for this summer. Uh, adios, as they say. It's uh, Bogues hosting with a cast of thousands. Yes, yes. The super friends. Uh, it's it's Bogues and friends. You, me, and Pete have both tipped our cap on Friday and said oh, enjoy. Pete's out too. Yeah, that's right. that's right. Bogues is coming in, looking around, wondering who's here. Fourth preseason game, only starter left. Bogues and friends. Bogues and friends on Friday. <laughs> Okay, Bogues comes up on side B. Here comes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How did do 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 it's Mraz on side B. How are you? Andrew Bogish with us. How howdy doody. Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks, as always, for the deafening yells to open side B. That wasn't really deafening. Oh, it was loud to me. I mean, a combination of your voice and maybe the headphone knob being too high did not was not a good combination for me. All right. Well, we just had a very fascinating side A of the PEGP. Tell a, me about it. A, you haven't heard it yet because we're taping it right after. Mm-hmm. I want you to rank four things for me. Okay. 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 And there you have something personally to do with you. Okay. We're going to call this it aggravates Bogus the most and he can't help but react list. Okay? Okay. Number one. Yeah. When somebody defends a woman falling in love with a monkey at a zoo. Yeah. We played back as that fight was a year ago. Number two, baseball's all-stars. We don't know them, so the game sucks. Mm-hmm. Number three, why isn't Aaron Judge's home run chase a bigger deal at 50 and 51 as right. UDA fought on? And number four, stop saying tennis is irrelevant, Mraz. Those four show-related things have all set you off now going back a year. Yeah. Let's rank them. All right, so I'm, I, I was writing these down as you gave them to me. So immediately, tennis is last. That's doesn't bother you. I mean, I'm I'm confused by it. As Da, I think asked you only off the air. I don't understand what you're bothered by because it's not like Patrick McEnroe, Andy Roddick, well, Lindsey Davenport being forced down your throat as guests. No one is asking to have a topic about this. Okay. They're literally, this comes up after I read scores in the morning at the end of a three-minute update. It's like three lines max. Now that we've established that as last, I will just personally explain. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like what you like. If you love tennis, love tennis. I love hockey. Not everybody loves hockey. People love soccer. I don't love soccer. It is what it is. It is a sport, and people love it. I don't love it. That being said, I firmly believe that there are many people not named you in this industry that do an anchor update job that get a little lazy when it comes to the tennis scores and like listing off as much tennis as possible rather than insert maybe some newsy football stuff or something. And I just think that that's a disservice to the listener because I don't believe the sports radio listener cares as much about the tennis scores. That's number one. Number two... First of all, I love the movie. I totally understand. I Serena has been an entire, you know, basically era of my life. But I do think that a lot of people's fascination with this Serena retiring news story comes across as this is an amazing thing, what a career. But in the end, with the send-offs and the tweets, are they really sitting there watching the matches? 
And I think that part of it comes across as, well, you're being sort of disingenuous because you're interested enough to consider it a big story, but not interested enough to actually sit down and watch it, which I'm not saying nobody's watching it, but there are a lot of people doing that, which is what I was kind of poking fun at DA at. I have a hard time believing he's going to sit there and watch Serena's yeah. final match. And I mean, I, I couldn't, I don't know if there's even been released yet. I don't know what ESPN's ratings were for Monday night when she was playing. Right. Again, we assume all well, of these are her possible final matches. And to further back up, my point would be on ratings. I have no proof of this, but it is my belief that it will do a good number on ESPN, but a large part of that number is not necessarily the same audience that translates to football or us in sports media that talk about it and want to tweet about it. Right, but but so if I'm understanding you correctly, I don't I don't think that football should be part of this equation at all. Like I don't well, like nothing all... nothing is football. So comparing anything to football it immediately for makes instance, it a loss for the other the other thing. For instance, if you were driving in your car listening to CBS Sports Radio yesterday, all right? And our updates in the morning are a little different because they're conversational. And that's where, actually, I think a Serena conversation fits in better. And you hear, let's put Schwartz in there. Schwartz is working at night in the evening. Mm -hmm. And you, maybe, long day work, haven't been glued to your phone. I think if you only have two and a half minutes to get an update in, it's far more important for Pete to highlight five notable NFL names that got cut over extending four matches of people nobody ever heard of playing tennis. Yes, so... I will say this, um, a general critique of everybody else that works here. Okay. And it's not meant to be mean. It's just a, a stylistic choice. And it kind of goes back to the Monday morning clip where Marco messed up a name. Yeah. Royal said, no, it's this. And went back and forth. And I tweeted, don't say the name. Right. I just walked out of an update on Writer Than You to come in here. And for those updates, I have 70 seconds of copy to, of, to put in right. there. So I had the Dodgers score because they won their 90th game in right. 128. That's worth noting. I had a couple of NFL roster moves. I had something else. And I finished by saying Nadal. And Rafael Nadal won on night two of the U.S. Open. Naomi Osaka and Emma Raducanu did not. So that was four seconds, three names. That's sufficient to me and worth as a closing little I agree. nugget. If you're if you're Spain wasting time to say Rafi on the Dal beat Rickety Hajikari who we played last night and you read off all four set scores and do the same thing for Osaka and Radakanu, I think that's overkill and unnecessary. But so we're kind of closer in agreement than I we think. think. I, I think you have to be smart about it. Like, yeah, but I, but, I, but I do believe Bogus and you see this is stupid to argue with you because well, I'm only arguing with you because you're you love tennis, but you actually do a good job of this. I've seen them all. I've seen so many anchors, and I think that a lot of times they just look at a scoreboard and go, oh, this is easy. Let me just rip through these tennis scores, and then they don't have to actually dig for a decent like story or two. Okay, but you I do think it falls on the lazier side. But you also have to remember that three of the other times this comes up around the majors, because those yeah. are the only tennis oh, scores sure, that they're yeah. given, those are actually live scores, which NFL News, NBA News isn't. So... If I'm I'm literally giving you an update on a on a match that you're not watching that you might care about. So like those are also different in Australia and, and look, Paris and London, which are playing while we're on the air here. And again, I get that my point and I, I hate to keep going down the tennis road and argue this because you just listed as your fourth. My point would be and I, I don't have proof of this, I could be completely wrong. I feel like when I'm considering the sports radio listener, I just I don't think they're always I don't think there's as much crossover as we think when it comes to the tennis fan. But but also too like I don't know, and I understand that NFL is number one, but, like, this morning, as I'm figuring out where to go, like, all the NFL news is from yesterday. So yeah. I don't need to say every single one, and there are people who don't care that Sony Michelle is visiting the Chargers today. Yeah. And there is a there is a sliver of people who care an extra little bit about a baseball nugget or a tennis nugget or the random soccer thing that we put in. Tomorrow morning, I know there's going to be an MLS mention because there's MLS games at the Wazoo tonight, and there's WNBA semifinals. So, like, those things are going to sneak in at the very end of the update that is not for everybody, but the handful of people who do care – might go, oh, all right, thanks for including that after 90 seconds of the normal football, okay. base, baseball, and basketball. But if you're leading with, today with Rafael Nadal, you're doing it wrong. Okay. But at the end, succinct. We agree more than we think we agree. Yes, and I also think that you are still overreacting to the tennis that you're pushing back on. But anyway, anyway so that's number four okay. for me, all right? So the animals thing, I'll then put at number three. 
because it's I heard it today. It didn't know it was coming, so it caught me off guard. It's still ridiculous. Like right, and I'm still right in the end. Yeah, sure. So then I'll combine the baseball and the judge thing into one one thing. Yeah, and this is where Da cannot believe. By the way, Insade cannot believe how passionate you were. Well, because I I I. I think you guys at times are wrong and unfair. And yesterday, really the number one thing, I have definitely called into question your education at times. It's part of the conversation. I admit that, and I'm sure it's been mean and wrong, and I know your mom hates me for it, so I apologize and understand that this is kettle, pot, everybody calling each other, whatever. Throwing stones in glass houses. Ooh. I personally get offended when like when DA stopped the conversation yesterday and said you're listening or you're you're hearing but not listening as if <sighs> I'm doing it wrong because I'm not agreeing with him. Okay. And you do it too where like when we're fighting, at some point, you just call, start calling me an idiot. Yeah, I call you a poo-poo head, an idiot. Right. But I know that's my crutch to try to end an argument. So, and I'm also looking for a laugh out of you to break the argument. Right, which is fine too. But like I just... It bothers me because it it's also it comes up. I don't think I've ever done the reverse to DA where we've disagreed and no. said you're a dummy or you're not hearing me because right. you're not now being swayed to my side. Right. Because more than one person reached out yesterday and said, "Good job holding DA like to the fire there." Wow. So there were people who didn't think I was missing the point, that I was responding huh. correctly to things, and that I wasn't the wrong one there. So, like, I would never go down that road in in a back-and-forth debate, whether we agree with it or not. And I, I probably could go back, and I almost did yesterday, to listen to make sure I wasn't missing the point because I didn't think I was in in that whole exchange. See, I did think you missed the point. And, you, and I will tell you this, folks, because there's been a lot of times where I've sat there, and I think this is fair. I think I've been in an, an argument with everybody in the show, but also at one time— jumped over the boards like a hockey player would and had, you know, I definitely had your back in arguments with DA. I, I've had DA's back. Sadly, regrettably, I've probably had Pete's back in some mm. debates whenever those come up. I th- I firmly think DA's point and that you, so your point was, we don't know that it's not a story because the big number hasn't happened yet. Right. And DA's point, which I think you were missing, was there was a point in time in history where even if it wasn't chasing down Maris and Mantle, just the idea of 50 home runs was a big story, like it was with Matt Williams. And I could tell you, and I just brought this up to side A, I had actually completely forgotten about it, but Mark McGuire hit 50 and 51 at Chase Stadium in New York. I was there. It was at a doubleheader in 1998. And that was, for like those days leading up, all the buzz over a 98 Yankee team. You couldn't turn on WF in New York without McGuire's coming to town. Is he going to do 50-51? And that point in history in baseball doesn't exist anymore. And I think where D.A. maybe got it wrong and you were maybe missing his point because he wasn't clearly saying this is you weren't saying that it's impossible to be a story again. And I think D.A.'s point was more it's just crazy that it's not a story right now where there was a time not that long ago that it was. But then, but you right away jumped in with about cut-ins and coverage and where they're going to see it. Because even at 15, 51, that was happening already. I, was it in 98? Yes, it was. They, somebody live took Mark McGuire going for 50 at Shea Stadium yes. in 1998. Yes, and or and or that made sure that that became like a Fox game. Like, that was a thing. Now, your point, which I think was a valid one, and I thought about after, was the appetite then for the TV partners of baseball to do that was there, and that's not baseball's fault that it's not the case now. Like, Fox now may say, screw that, I don't care about jumping in on carrying an extra Yankee game on a Thursday or on mm-hmm. FS1 or something like that, where they did it one time. But that also ties into DA's point that it's just amazing that we lived in a world where that was important and now it's not. Right, although, but again, like, Sports Center last night led with Aaron Judge hitting 51. And I, I think nestled into two, my bigger complaint about, not just us specifically, but but multiple people, I understand how crappy baseball is at this. But sometimes they can't always be wrong. And I think that we're ta- when we're talking about, and I mentioned this on the air on, on Tuesday, whether it's Otani or Judge, like, D.A. has the ability to set a conversation. Like, I understand— right, he could be the leader and lead with Judge. Right. right. I understand you've got you've to play the hits. You've got to discuss the things that people want to discuss more than baseball. No one's saying baseball is number one, but he could have made a segment— 
about Aaron Judge right. and fifty and the point about in ninety eight. Yeah, I remember this. I remember that. It's not happening now. And he could have had okay. a more valid conversation. If I may. Yeah. I keep saying that now. I love the if I may. Uh, I also think that where I think you two both missed it, I should have mentioned this yesterday. You mentioned Sports Center leading with Aaron Judge. Sports Center in 98 and baseball tonight. And like they like kind of orchestrated and controlled where we felt our importance was going. We're not going to Sports Center now to find out where our importance is going. We're going to Twitter. Right. And, and it's a different world as far as, like, instead of just gauging, like, what one network's telling us is the biggest story, now we're kind of gauging, well, what's everybody we're following talking about by everybody else following? Maybe they wouldn't have been talking about McGuire 98 if that was the leader and not going to the sports center for the lead. Who knows? Yeah, and, and you know, MLB Network is doing their their show today is from City Field ahead of Mets-Dodgers. Right. NLCS preview. Now, DeGrom happens to be on the mound as well. Well, they're also the league's network. They should be doing well, that. Right, but, but that's now where baseball does those things. Right. That's how baseball does it. So if you want to have a bigger conversation of that's stupid or why are you on TBS on Tuesday right. nights, okay, but like I I think it felt like yesterday you guys were predetermining a point that hadn't become reality yet. Like we literally don't know what it's gonna be like when Judge gets to sixty. Right. Like I understand now not doing fifty. If no one pays attention at sixty, let's have this conversation again and go and say what the heck's going on. But if ESPN's cutting to Aaron Judge wherever that is in two weeks where he's sitting on fifty nine then you would feel like you were right. Or if it's on you know, if it's a Tuesday night in the TBS window right. and they're not switching off a random game to go cover that, then DA's right. But if they do it, then and people are like, Oh my god, so, summation, your point is we're incomplete here. Let's continue this conversation in a couple But weeks. you were assuming the worst of the situation when we don't know what's going to happen yet. You were just assuming no one cared, and people very well might care. Well, the beauty of the DA show is we don't let storylines die, so we will keep an eye on no, it. No, but we'll probably twist it so that I'm not right if I was actually right in two weeks. We'll clip that and save that as well. Bogus, always pleasant bantering with you, fella. Go tennis. Uh, at... <laughs> At Tennis Bogish. That didn't work. At, yeah. Bo- at Andrew Bogish. Goodbye. Uh, you can follow me at Brass CBS. Have a great week, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.